Praise the Lord. It's time to settle down into the Word of God and receive from the Scriptures today from the Word of the Lord. Message today, casting all your care upon Him. Casting all your care upon Him. I want to begin with Mark chapter 4, where we were last message, because there's a particular phrase that is pertinent to this message. Mark 4, 14, the sower sows the Word. The sower is the Son of Man, Jesus sows the word into our lives. It says, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation trouble or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble now these are the ones sown among thorns they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world i want to speak today about the cares of this world the cares of this life it says the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word choke the word and it becomes unfruitful in their lives so they don't partake of a great harvest of the life victory and joy of the lord but these are the ones sown on good ground those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit some 30 fold some 60 and some even unto a hundred fold the cares of this life the sower sows the word first peter 5 7 the main scripture for today the Bible says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Cares want to choke out the word of God in our life. And I'm going to give you a couple examples of that today. But the Bible says, casting all your care. That's what the Bible says. It says, casting all your care, all your anxiety, your worries, your fretting, your apprehension. You're wondering about the future. You're concerned for your family. Care is part of this life. Anxious thoughts come in this life, but the Bible says we are to cast all our care over on the Lord. Now, as you can see, the word itself denotes that we must make decision, that we deliberately cast our cares on the Lord. There's a deliberate intent that when we feel anxiety, when we feel stress, when we feel pressure, when we feel discontent, that we stop in that moment and we cast, we deliberately put our care over on the Lord, for he cares for us. This is what the Bible instructs us to do. This is the way of peace and joy for the Christian. There is no end to anxiety and concern and worry and fear and trouble and restlessness in this world. There's no end to the media bombardment, climate change and racism and hatred and strife and economic difficulty and health issues and aging. There's no end to what the world will parade out before the entire planet every day to make sure by the enemy's design that the world is restless, that it's fretting, that it's anxious, that it's afraid, that it's always under this pressure of something's going to go wrong. What's going to happen? This pressure is there. I mean, if you have a phone every day now, all you have to do when you open it is swipe and 
The latest five or six or eight bad news stories come up in a moment and you just can track the bad news stories and all the unrest and difficulty all day long. The enemy definitely is not the author of peace. Fear thrives in the darkness and the enemy's kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. Fears magnify in the night, don't they? You start thinking about something in the night and it's amazing how your heart can panic because fears are in the darkness and the enemy loves to sow darkness into this world. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, a scripture we know well, but God has not given us the spirit of fear. It's not from the Lord. This anxiety, this pressure, this difficulty, this trouble in mind and emotions and spirit, this is not from the Lord. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. God has given us the spirit of love, agape. I know I'm loved by you. How wonderful it is to know that we are loved of God in Christ. It's because we're in Christ that we experience the love of God and our hearts are set at peace with him. God's given us the spirit of love. We live in the love of God over our lives. He's given us the spirit of power, dunamis, the power of God in our lives. We are not left to the power of our human personality. We are not left to the power of our human constitution, our willpower, and how we can succeed and set ourselves forward in this life. We live by the power of the Holy Spirit. We live by the might of God in our lives, and you can feel the power of God in your life. God has given us the spirit of agape, his love. He's given us the spirit of power where the Holy Spirit courses through our being and we sense that powerful life of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he's given us a sound mind, a sound mind. It doesn't say a sound brain. It says he's given us a sound mind. The world thinks that if it can just connect the circuits of the brain properly, it can cure whatever ails a person. They've got behavioral problems. They can't overcome their addictions. They can't overcome their stumbling. If we could just somehow get those brain circuits connected, then we could cure man. Medicate the brain and fix the person. But we're not talking about brain surgery. We're talking about a sound mind. And the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That is the sound mind. That is the understanding and knowledge of the Lord. God has not given us the spirit of fear, concern, worry, anxiety. It presses against us. It's from the powers of darkness. It's from the difficulty of life. But God has given us an answer in the Holy Spirit, in his love and in his word. Let's turn to Luke chapter 21. Luke 21, 24. The Bible says, Jesus was speaking of the fall of Jerusalem. It says, they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. He spoke of the destruction of Jerusalem. One generation, he said, and Jerusalem will fall. 
A.D. 70, Jerusalem fell. And the Bible says Jerusalem will be trampled by the nations, by the Gentiles, and until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I understand that the times of the Gentiles will end at the second coming of Christ. He's speaking of the gospel era where the New Testament gospel will go to all nations of the world until the second coming of Christ. He said Jerusalem will be trodden down until the end of the age, until the fulfillment of the new covenant in the nations. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption, your salvation, the coming of Christ and your heavenly reward draws near. Jesus said there is going to be distress and perplexity. The wicked, Isaiah said, are like the troubled sea, always churning up mire and silt, never at rest. That is our world today. Constant strife, unrest, war, difficulty, argument, anger, hate. Our world is a world of strife. But the Lord said that when we see these things in our world, that we are to look up and lift up our head and begin to rejoice in the Lord. He didn't say when these things begin to happen, look down on the earth and shake your head in dismay and say, oh no, look what the world is doing now. Look what the political leaders are doing now. He didn't say, cast your eyes earthward. He didn't say, hang your head in despair and wonder what's ever going to become of you or what's going to become of this world. He said, when you see these things in the world, the unrest, the perplexity, the anxiety, the fear, the constant turmoil. He said, you look up, get a heavenly perspective. Look up to the heavens. Look to who your God is. Look to the word of the Lord. He said, lift up your heads and rejoice because your redemption draws nigh. It's a day of great rejoicing for the saints. When I see what's going on in the world and the endless parade of problems and turmoil there's something inside of me that says yes it is so but there's another voice inside of me that says it's time to rejoice more than you ever rejoiced in your life because the day of salvation the day of Christ's coming these are just confirmations of what would take place in the world at the end of the age and for the before the coming of Christ now Luke 21 34 Jesus said but take heed to yourselves Take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing. Carousing, which is dissipation with excess. Be careful lest your heart is weighed down, burdened with excessive things of life. Drunkenness, an intoxicated world, drugged up. And he said, cares of this life. The word care, marimna, means to pull in all directions, to distract, to pull apart. Jesus said, don't let your heart be weighed down by care, by anxiety, by worry. And that day, the day of Christ, come on you unexpectedly. 
for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Today I'm dealing with the cares, the anxiety, the concern that can grip our heart. Mark chapter 4, verse 18 again. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. Enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. In Mark 4, as we read at the beginning of this message, every person heard the word. Four types of soil, you could say, but the one thing common to all of them, everyone heard the word. But the word did not profit because it was not mixed with faith in many of them. We know that when the word of God is preached, when the word of the Lord, the counsel of the Lord comes across our lives, that we all hear the word. We all hear the word. We can sit under sermons. We can read the Bible. But it's not the hearing of the word alone. What, is, what caused the difference? What was the difference in, these, in this soil? All heard the word, the Bible says. But not all became fruitful. Not all became productive. And I want to remind you again that this word is the seed. The words of the Lord are seed. But seed does not have roots. And seed does not have fruits on its own. We have to take the seed. We have to take the word of God and we have to plant it deep in our hearts and we have to water it so that it will root deeply and be established in our life. And as we do and as we care for it and guard it, we have to guard the word, the words that the Lord spoke. That word begins to grow and we become fruitful and we partake of the harvest of the word in our life. We partake of the harvest of joy and victory and peace and healing and health and life and prosperity. The word must grow in us until we can take the fruit and live in the power of its fruit. So this morning, once again, let's guard the word of God. Let's guard the word of God in our lives. Let's take care of it. We water it by prayer, by worship. We spend time in the presence of the Lord. We weep over the word. We yearn over the word of God. We confess it. We stand in it when trial comes, when difficulty comes, because we don't want that word to be choked out. We know the enemy wants to steal the seed immediately when it comes. That the counsel of the Lord comes, but we never obey it. We just heard it. We say, well, I know it. I heard it. But we don't live in its power because the enemy has stolen it off the soil of our hearts. He wants to eliminate it. He wants to choke it out so we don't thrive as new covenant sons and daughters of God. The cares of this life. Mark 4, 23. Jesus said, this is in the same chapter, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. I like that inflection. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. 
For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. We must guard the word. We hear it. And then we guard it. And we make sure that it's growing in our life. And we bring it forth unto harvest. First 30 then we go to 60, we can go to a hundredfold, a life lived in the fullness of God's word, where we don't miss the word of God on one point of our life, behavior, and duty. That's the will of the Lord. Now let's go further down in this chapter to verse 35. On the same day, on the same day, Jesus had just given them a number of parables, the one about the seed, don't let anything hinder the seed in your life, don't let the enemy choke out the word, don't let cares choke out the word. He told them about the kingdom of God, how it grows in a person's heart. And then he said, on the same day, it says on the same day, he's taking them from the classroom to the field exercise. From the sermon to the circumstance. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took along in the boat. They took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I mean, he could have said, You've got a little faith. I mean, he just cuts right to the chase. How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Bible says on the same day, he just taught them. He said, don't let anything choke the word. Don't let cares hinder the word. Live in the power of the word. And he brings them out into a reality situation of life. And all of a sudden, the storm is on the sea. He's sleeping, and they are filled with care. They're being pulled apart. They're coming unglued. They're saying, God, don't you care about us? Jesus, how is it that you don't care about us? You're going to let us die. You're going to let us die in this, in this sea. When care comes, when anxiety, when fear comes upon our life, Oftentimes, it is difficult for us to remember what the Lord said. Even what he said just a few minutes or a few hours before. He had just told them. He said, don't let the care, don't let that trouble, don't let anxiety and fear choke out the word in your life. And here they were, overcome by care. And the word had been choked out of their life so much so that they began to cast accusation on the Lord. Don't you even care about us? They began to accuse him of disregard upon their lives. And they said, we're going to die in this water. This boat's going to capsize. They didn't even remember his words. He didn't say to them, let us go and drown in the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> he said, let us cross over to the other side. 
But care, anxiety, and fear overtook their heart, and they couldn't even remember his words. Why did Jesus still the storm? I think he looked around and said, it's going to be quicker and easier to still this storm than calm the disciples, and I want to get back to sleep. So let's just still the storm. You know, sometimes you get a miracle because you have no faith. Sometimes you get a miracle because you have faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. <clears throat> but sometimes the Lord in his mercy <clears throat> provides a miracle for us when we have no faith, when we're overcome by anxiety and fear and care of life, and we've choked out the word of God and its power in our life. Sometimes we get a miracle, and by it the Lord is trying to encourage us. So that next time we face a stormy sea, we'll know what to do. He was sleeping in the boat. He was sleeping in the boat because he was so filled with the word of God, the will of God and the knowledge and love of God in his life. What a lesson. On the same day, on the same day. Luke chapter 10. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. It says, now it happened as they went. <clears throat> Not only Jesus, but his disciples, and he had quite an entourage at times, women that ministered as they preached the gospel in towns and villages and helped situations. We don't know how many people were involved here, but it says, now it happened as they went, that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted, <clears throat> cumbered, with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now the word she used for care was a generic term to take interest to attend to things it's a good word lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone there are things to take care of here therefore tell her to help me and jesus answered <clears throat> and said to her martha martha you are worried king james you are careful it's that word marimna you are full of care and troubled about many things but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will be not be taken away from her. Martha was filled with care, filled with anxiety at the situation. Not only Jesus was there, there were probably many guests that were to be looked after, and Mary is at Jesus' feet. First things first. Everything else can wait. There will be time for duty. There will be time to take care of the guests. There will be time to prepare the meal. But first, <clears throat> let's spend some time in the presence of the Lord. Martha, troubled, cumbered, filled with care. When you have care in your life, when you are filled with care, you get upset at other people. At what they're doing. 
at what they're not doing. And you even get upset at the Lord. Lord, why don't you take things, take care of things more properly than you do? Why aren't you taking care of this? When we have care, when we take anxiety and stress and that concern and apprehension on our life, we get upset at people, we get upset at the Lord, and we become unglued. We get pulled apart in all directions. Now, Jesus said to Martha, he said, Martha, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you in your house. You're fretting and upset. Your domestic duties, taking care of family, taking care of guests, taking care of the things of life, groceries and travel and busyness. He said, Martha, I'm trying to help you. He said, you are troubled, you are worried and troubled about many things, not just this thing. He said, you're troubled about many things. I want to help you. Come into my presence. Sit at my feet. Take in my word like Mary is doing. And you won't be choked out by care in your life. And the word and the will of God will thrive in you. Take time in my presence. Live in my presence. Feed on my word. There will be time to take care of the guests because Mary sure wasn't slack in that department either. She knew what needed to be done. She was a conscientious homemaker, cook, one who took care of the house, but she knew where to find her place at Jesus' feet. Now this morning, how do we overcome concern and anxiety? Because there's not a person here that doesn't face it. Sometimes we face it all day long. Stress and anxiety and the bills and business and problems and the children and deadlines and demands. We, we face this care of life daily. We feel it in many areas of our life. But how do we overcome it? How can the Lord help us? What can we do to, today to break that care out of our life so it doesn't choke the Word of God and choke faith out of us and keep us from living in the abundant life of Christ? I have five quick points. Number one, casting all your care upon Him. Cast all your care upon Him. Casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. That means every time I feel concern, I feel a fretting coming upon my life, I feel some apprehension or dread or foreboding, I am to take that and cast it over on the Lord. Melancholy depression, oppression. We must fight those temptations just like we would any sins of the flesh. You feel that spirit of heaviness. You feel that darkness. You feel that negativity. In a moment, Lord, I cast this over on you. This is not from you. This is not for me to entertain. Bring into thought, into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. No, this is something we must do. It's a decision all day long when we face the anxiety and we face the stress. Number two, take more time in the Word. Take more time in the Word. Shut off the other entertainments. Shut off the music. Take the Word of God and spend minutes and hours in it. Read chapter after chapter. Let it soak over your life. Let it pour into your heart. Take time for the Word of God. 
Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them, guard them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh, healing to the body, healing to the soul, life in us as we take time for the Word of God. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. We need to pull out of the busyness, out of the distraction of life, and make sure we're spending time every day in the Word of God, soaking it into our hearts, receiving it. It'll break out that care and anxiety realm in our life. Number three, spend more time in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious King James, be careful, be filled with care for no thing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus the word means it will mount a guard at your hearts and minds. It will protect you like a military guard. It will stand sentinel at your hearts and minds. Be anxious for nothing. Be worried about no thing. Don't let concern take hold of you on any point, the Bible says. But when you feel that concern, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving unto God and the peace of God will come like a protection upon your heart and mind and it'll drive that anxiety away from you and keep it away from you what a beautiful answer of the Lord spend more time in prayer increase your prayer life take more moments in the presence of God steal away from life and from activity steal away into the presence of God and spend more time in prayer it'll break the care It'll break the concern. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It doesn't say remember Saturday. This isn't some Jewish instruction from the Word of God. The Sabbath, the day of rest, was in effect for thousands of years before the law of Moses was put into effect. This is a creation mandate. Remember the Sabbath day. In the New Testament, the Lord's Day, the New Testament Christians, upon the resurrection of Christ to honor it, made Sunday the day of rest. But there's to be one day of rest in a week. Remember the Sabbath day. From the beginning of creation, God said, I want one day of rest, one day out of seven, for man to rest, for creation to rest, for the animals to rest. God designed us he designed even the animals of this world, the laboring animals, that they should have one day of rest a week. That's the best way for us to function. That is God's way for our life. It's the way that brings forth health and strength and vitality. One day a week where we rest in his presence. We receive in his presence. We rejoice in his presence. And for us that day is Sunday. We have turned this world into a world that rolls seven days a week, 24-7, busy, busy, all the time. When I was 15 years of age, 
46 years ago. No, it's more than that. It's 51 years ago. <laughs> when I was 15 years of age, our province had the Lord's Day Act, and there was no vehicles, no trucking allowed, no trucks allowed to go down the highways. Theaters were shut down. There was no activity, no business was allowed to be conducted. And when I was 15, I remember how the people were pressing for it and some of the politicians. And in no time at all, the walls and barricades came down and everybody was frantic, frantic, and frantic seven days a week, business rolling. Nobody had time to rest. Malls are open, shops are open, theaters are open. Keep the people busy, keep the people busy. So they have no time to rest in the presence of the Lord. Don't even let them think about a Lord's Day. Don't even let them think about the Word of God or about church. Just keep them going all the time. When we were in Israel on the last Holy Land tour, our tour guide, though she wasn't a Messianic Jew, but from another country in Europe, I remember so clearly she said, one thing I've done though, she's a Christian, says I don't, I'm not a Messianic Jew. I don't follow the Jewish ways. But she says, one thing I do while I'm in this country, she says, I have started to take Saturday as the day of rest, just like the Jewish people do. She says, I shut down everything. They don't, they don't look at their iPhones. They don't use their technology. They shut down the day. And those who are Christians shut it down for the Lord to be in his presence to be renewed, to be revived, to receive his word, to rejoice in family, and to think about other things rather than the busyness of the week. And I thought, how beautiful is that? It's a day for the Lord. It's a day for the Lord. The Lord said, this is my creation mandate. Sometimes it's Many believers today, it's like they rush into the house of God. They're in and out in an hour and 15 minutes and back to their business, back to their activities, back to their recreation. I mean, it's a work of the enemy to let's fill up every weekend with sports tournaments. Malls are open and shopping and busyness and online and day and night. It's a plot of the enemy to bring fear and concern and to choke out the word of God in a nation. Isaiah 58, 13, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Them that honor me, I will honor. Number five, confess the word at all times. Overcome anxiety. Confess the word at all times. Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. We are not at liberty to say whatever we want about the situation, the concern, the anxiety, the fear, the peril, what's happening, the negativity. The Bible says... This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And when you are hit by concern or care in any area, the first thing that's coming out of us, out of our mouth, is the word of God. 
casting all my care on him. Be anxious for no thing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, I will cast my care on the Lord. We are speaking his word. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I will not fear what man can do unto me. We're confessing the word of God. Do not let the word of God depart from your mouth. Well, let's stand together this morning. I want to read a letter. This letter was written in the third century. I have a little excerpt of it. It was written by Cyprian, an outstanding church leader, Bishop of Carthage, a wonderful, powerful man of God, and he was a martyr of the third century. A, ro a wave of Roman persecution came through, and he was beheaded, A.D. 258. He wrote in a letter these words to a friend. He says, This seems to be a cheerful world, Donatus, when I view it from the fair garden, under the shadow of these vines. But if I climbed some great mountain and looked out over the wide lands, you know very well what I would see. Great armies on the high roads, pirates on the seas. In the amphitheater, men murdered to appease the applauding crowds. Under all roofs, misery and selfishness. It is really a bad world, Donatus, an incredibly bad world. Yet in the midst of it, I have found a quiet and holy people. They have discovered a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure in this single life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They have overcome the world. These people are the Christians, and I am one of them. Yet in the midst of it I have found a quiet and holy people. They have discovered a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure in this single life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They have overcome the world. These people are the Christians, and I am one of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's offer ourselves to the Lord this morning. If there's any concern or care on your heart today, understand the pressure of the enemy. He wants to choke the word of God out of your life. So you can't sleep. He wants to wreck your ride. Jesus is sleeping and we're all upset and agitated and frustrated and fuming, saying things we shouldn't say. Cast your care upon the Lord, casting all your care, whatever it is this morning. Cast your care over upon the Lord, a deliberate decision to cast it on him and receive his peace today. If you'd like prayer for any need, please slip out from where you are. But all of us for a few moments at the close of this worship, let's surrender our hearts to the Lord. Say, Lord, fill me with your love. You've not given us a spirit of fear, Lord but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And so we receive it today in Jesus' name. Let's respond in faith to the word of God today.